Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. It is always a lot of fun to do these, and we appreciate everybody that uh, listens to our debauchery. And we appreciate Tony fucking just coughing in the background. Spreading that COVID. Harry coughing in the background. No respect. No respect to our personal bubble, Jeff. Right here at Studio A at the Big Honker Podcast. Brought to you by Shin Gear Waiters. Folks, if you're going to buy you some waiters... You're going to buy waiters every single year. There's guys on here listening right now that buy a pair of waiters every year. And they dread it every year. Yeah. Oh, damn, I wish somebody would come out and make a good pair of waiters. So you got to cost waiters, but you can't have to pay a little bit for them, but they got a lifetime guarantee. So look up Shin Gear Waiters, and they have waiters in stock right now. Holler at them at ShinGear.com. ShinGear.com. They're built out of nylon, uh, and like Jeff said, they got a promise that they will stand behind their waiters for as long as you'll stand in them. So check them out at ShinGear.com, and you better hurry because uh, – Supplies are limited, so if you want a pair of the best waiters on the market, go check them out. We're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. Enjoy a traditional corn mash whiskey, eight and charge new American oak barrels. You'll find a pleasant aroma of vanilla spice before galloping in a note of nougat, sweet corn, and a lingering caramel finish. Built on a dream, aged 25 years, handcrafted Bangtail Whiskey will create the perfect sip no matter how you drink your whiskey. Other than all that fancy shit, does it taste good, Andy? It is very good. There I do my go. whiskey sours out of it. Uh, you can drink it straight, however you want to do it. Bangtail Whiskey is the way to go. They can even ship it to you. You go to bangtail.com, and it will go right to your door. Bangtail.com. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. The boys up in uh, Spoke Compton. Trevor and Alex. You'll never meet two better guys in the waterfowl industry. Good people. I good mean, people, good product. Seriously. You can call them up at any time. Tell them what you're looking for. They're incredibly knowledgeable, uh, kind of about, you know, they can talk to you about maybe your skill set, and they can find a call that is best for you. The PCD is still one of the best duck calls that's on the market right now, and uh, I like their 206. It's what I use for lessers, and uh, you need to check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com, or you can call them however you want to get a hold of them, and they can find you a call that will work best for you. They're actually making Reese his, uh, his first goose and duck call oh that'd be awesome so that's going to be here for his birthday talk to trevor and he said absolutely we'd be happy to do it that is awesome you will not meet a better group of guys so check them out pacificcustomcalls.com we're also brought to you by boss shot shells listen the shortage is real if you want shotgun shells for this coming waterfowl season you better order them now and if you're a snow goose hunter that hunts in in february you definitely need stuff in the closet tucked away uh, boss shot shells, all American made products ship straight to your door. Um, and it hits like a freight train. Another Bismuth is the way to go. Another group of great, great guys, American made American craftsmen, boss shot shells. That's at bossshotshells.com. We're also brought to you by dirty duck coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't the duck. It's how we start our morning out here at the big honker lodge every single morning made here in the great state of Texas. They've got a blend for you, no matter what you like, whether you're a, a high-caffeine kind of guy or a mid-roast, whatever. They've got a blend for you. Um, uh, DirtyDuckCoffee.com, and you can pick what you want, and it'll go right to you. They've also got incredible-looking swag. I like uh, like their shirts. DirtyDuckCoffee.com has got uh, the best way. And they've also got a, a sampler pack, so you can get uh, all their blends shipped straight to your door. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. The tops for those two-by-four blinds game changer. might be the best invention that, that they've ever come up with. My grand dog is going to be riding around in comfort with a 
brand pad, new, yeah, brand new crate, extra large crate for his extra large big ass. Yep, a pad in there and a and, fan, and a fan, and I think we're working on getting him a flat screen TV so he can watch Scooby Doo on his way to the hunts every morning. Lucky so. Duck is working on the technology right now. But yes, if you've got a plus size dog like my my big boy Lou, uh, they now have a five star crash test rated dog kennel that you can safely put your dog in and not have to worry about him. You know. If something bad happens on the road. Listen, hunting season roads get icy. You want to protect your buddy, put that big-ass pad back there. Also, if you need a spinner, a, uh, A-frame blind, they're the way to go. And now, if you're a crane hunter, you can put those tops on the 2x4 blind and uh, don't have to worry about the cranes seeing the boogeyman in there. So I would check them out at LuckyDuck.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouette manufacturing Great guys there, too. That is one thing about our sponsors is every one of them is top-notch people, and they go out of their way for their customers. Dive Bomb. Except for the fat bastard at Stanfield Hunting. Yeah, he's a little bit of a dick. You're talking about Tony. Yep. Dive Bomb Industry, if you need silhouettes, they are the way to go. As always, you want to get the bag so that they pack up nice and neat, and you can stay organized during hunting season. It does not matter what you're chasing. They have got a decoy for you, whether it is uh, Canada geese, specs, snows, ducks. They've got... Uh, Canada floater line that they're really excited about. They're also coming out with the uh, the kickstand. Be looking for it whenever they say that they've got some in stock. If you want it, you better jump on it. Guys, if you're hunting a pond, southwest Oklahoma, northern Nebraska, wherever, you're hunting on a stock pond, take, and, and, and you got a bank you're going to hunt on, take you two dozen of those, those duck silhouettes and stick them on there. It makes your spread look so completely different. I'm telling you, the colors pop on them. It's a game changer. It's it's a, it's an inexpensive way to add your spread to kill a lot of ducks. So look up at <clears throat> divebombindustries.com. That's the way to go. We're also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. Uh, listen, they've got a couple products that I think everybody should need. If you're a waterfowl hunter and you got a dog that likes to, you know, go when the shot is called, you need the quick release system. It's a patented, which means it's extra fancy. You clip it onto your dog's collar, and uh, it's got a leash on it. That dog does not go anywhere until you let him. You just pull a little quick release, and away he goes. It's super simple to use. This cheap and uh, effective quick release system can be the difference between life and death. So I would highly recommend, no matter, I mean, listen, all it takes is one. So every dog, I think, as a safety measure, you could use it. They've also got their um, field trauma kit. Hunting is a dangerous sport. Uh, just every day you can cut yourself on a knife. It doesn't matter. Um, they have tools in this field trauma kit that I think every hunter should have in their blind bag and in their pickup truck because, it listen, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, plus, Alex Langbell, he's a, he's a super great guy, and uh, he's taken a lot of time to kind of figure out what they needed in this field trauma kit, and he had to figure out a way to make this uh, quick release system work, and they both work. So check them out at Gundog Outdoors. And uh, take care of that four-legged friend of yours. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. You put enough pressure on them, they are back going. Um, you go to Patreon and you become a cult member. And you can listen to all of their podcasts. Their entire library is up on Patreon. Um, the bourbon reviews are free to anybody. So if you just want to listen to the bourbon review, that's free. That's about 20 minutes and it's free to everybody. Uh, but if you want to get to the meat and potatoes of things, uh, donate to their Patreon account, and then uh, you can listen to Log Logan and Rebel 
uh, talk a bunch of shit. They're a lot of fun to listen to, and they're great guys. So check them out at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers, Mr. Matt Peel. He is touring the world. Got hunt tests all over, and I think he's stacking up them ribbons. Just ribbons galore from Mr. Matt Peel. He's a great guy, incredibly knowledgeable uh, about training labs and hunting dogs, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you should definitely follow him on Instagram, Goose Creek Retrievers. And if you have any questions or if you've got a dog that you want to send off and have Matt train it, professionally trained, check him out. Uh, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to. Uh, From a started to a finished dog, he can take care of it all. Whatever you need. He's a one-stop shop. That's at Goose Creek Retrievers. We're also brought to you by Eyesight Drones. It's the way to go now. Technology is just taking over. Don't. Guess what your crop's going to look like. Don't guess where your water's going to come from. Have them come fly your property. They can do animal counts. Don't be, takes the guesswork out of everything. It's 2021. Get with the times. Get with the times, people. The use for drones is endless, and they're going to be a part of society, whether we like it or not, for here on out, and it will save you a lot of steps. And like I said, if you've got a question about your property, your duck hole coming up for this waterfowl season, contact them, and they can... They can fly it and give you a survey of what it looks like. That's at eyesightdrones.com. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We've made it through uh, most of dove season, a lot of dove season. A third of the, uh, half of dove season's over. Folks, if you want to shoot some ducks, holler at me. We have some prime Oklahoma dates left. Yes, I'm pushing this. This is new for us on the duck hunt. No, not new for us to shoot ducks, but we're really, really pushing on the ducks. Do a lot more duck hunting. So holler at us in Oklahoma to shoot ducks. We still got cranes and geese in Texas left. But if you want to do a shoot some ducks and shoot something besides ringnecks and redheads wherever you're hunting and you want to shoot some puddle ducks, holler at us for Oklahoma hunts. I've got a few dates left in December and I got some January dates still left. But that's at stanfieldhunting.com or call me and I will answer the phone myself 940-658-3172. You're going to feel like a real dickhead if they shoot a bunch of ringnecks that day. Well, I will, but I'll blame it on you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Chance Wadsworth uh, from the great state of Wisconsin. And he's not even a Packer fan. Doesn't even watch football. So, um, he recently won the Wisconsin State Goose. Talk about that. Talk a little bit about how his uh, goose season is going thus far. And we hope you enjoy it. Here he is, Chance Wadsworth. Honker podcast brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world famous Andy Shaver. How are you doing today, Andy? You made that coffee too hot. I didn't make the coffee hot. Ooh, it just burned the shit out of my lip. Moose made it. It's bad. It's good coffee. It's, no, it's good coffee, but it, it's piping as hot right now. It's that new coffee maker Tony bought. I guess so. Tony and fucking coffee makers, too. He's a foo-foo kind of guy, so... 
Why you know. can't you just buy a freaking coffee maker that, that we can is, make? That is a regular no, coffee it's not. maker. I've got Everything's always a pain in the ass with him. Yeah. Oh, he's well, a I'm lot of gonna, drama. I'm not going to disagree with you there. On the phone with us, or not on the phone, well, on Skype with us today, a young man that looks awful nervous by looking at him right now. He's ready to go, go. From the University of Wisconsin at River Falls, Mr. Chance Wadsworth. Chance, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Did, I, did I fuck that up any? No. Oh, no, you actually one of the first ones to get that right first time. It's pretty good. That's a rarity here. He he's he's known for screwing up his introductions. Now I'm going to ask a question. It's, it'd be like Chance River Falls from Wadsworth College. Like it's all he jumbles it all up half the time. Where where is the University of Wisconsin River Falls at? Is it in Thief uh, River? It's in uh, West Central Wisconsin. It's right. Um, Right next to the Twin Cities, just across the border from uh, Twin Cities, Minnesota. How far away from Twin Cities are you? Uh, 45 minutes. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It's too close to the fucking Muslim Mecca of Minnesota right there then. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty close there. Uh, it's not – I don't like it because then we get a lot of people from the cities coming out and educating birds and stuff like that. That's pretty. That's pretty country you live in. So you're 22 years old. Is that right? That's correct. So what do you plan on doing with your life? Well, I uh, I plan on finishing up my degree here, and then uh, hopefully get a job at a nuclear power plant pretty close by. Make that into my career. But uh, I love waterfall hunting, and uh, I want to keep guiding on the side and um, keep competition calling, and you know just keep learning and keep meeting new people through this industry. What? You recently won a calling contest. Which one did you win? I won uh, the Wisconsin State Goose. Wisconsin State Goose. Who all? Uh, who all? How many people were in it? There was nine. Um, Mason, Mason Tate, I believe, was one of them. He, uh, I think, he's with Fall House. He uh, guides with Fall House. Um, and then there was, I don't know, the other guys. His name was the first time I ever met him. Did you beat the shit out of him? Like, wasn't even close? Or what was? Uh, do you know what the final tally was? So he was actually beating me by like 10 points, I believe. And then in the final round, I, I had a 14-point swing. What did he do? Did he stick his call or what? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I really honestly don't know. I do know. I do know that at the end, the intercom system for the place that we were at came on right when I was in my mid mid. Uh, sequence or routine and i played through the whole thing that kind of sucked uh, <laughs> so, so hold on a sec. so you're so you're in the middle of your routine somebody comes on the loudspeaker and like hey we got chili dogs on sale 50 cents 50 cents a dozen and uh you had to just go right through that yeah yeah it was uh it was unfortunate but luckily i didn't get too thrown off by it it definitely shook me up a little bit but fortunately it was right in like a low spot of my routine so mm -hmm. that way it was too too distracting i could kind of regather myself now was this in now was this in the midst was this around that you made your 14 point uh deficit is this when you overcame that no this was the one before that the one before that yeah maybe that's what put you in the 14 point deficit is that that pa system coming on maybe yeah hopefully hopefully i don't know kind of sucked i wish i would have i don't know i wish they would have been a little bit more coordinated but stuff happens I don't know how. How the hell do you make up fourteen points in the last round? 
That's crazy I, to me. I don't know either. At the end of the at the end of the thing, we actually um, the, the judges and a couple of the callers were like looking at it and was like, "What's going on here?" Like, uh, I think we miscalculated the numbers. They did it on a laptop and they thought the Excel thing messed up. But we uh, three of us sat down and we crunched the movement style um, calculator and paper, pen and pencil. Because isn't it so? The first round it's on a scale of seventy to eighty, right? Yep. Second round's eighty to ninety. Correct. And the last round's ninety to hundred. Right. Well, there's only two rounds. How are you down 15, 14 points in two rounds? Seven and one, and eight the other. Yeah. And then he'd have to shit. So you'd have to blow a perfect last. You'd round. have to blow a ninety-nine in the last round, and he'd have to blow a ninety-one. No, you still would be well, still no, no, no. not enough points. It was uh it was a 10-point deficit, not a 14-point deficit. So you still – you had to blow 100. He had to blow a 90 for a tie then, right? Yeah, he, his, he was the lowest on the, on the last round. And he blew a 90. Yeah. And you blew a 100. Blew a 99. Yeah, you can't blow you 100. Still you can would, only, you okay, still, you blew a 90. Then he still would have been ahead by one, wouldn't he have? Yes. I, I don't know. I can't remember the exact numbers <laughs> that happened, but we, we re-crunched the numbers, and it was it, – the math <laughs> – Maybe it wasn't a ten point. I can't remember. Maybe it was like an eight or something. Still, it's a hell of a comeback. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't. That's uh, seems seems uh, seems odd to me. Let me ask you the personal question: How much money did you win? It was a five hundred dollar gift card to Sherpers. Have so, you small town store gift oh, card? You gonna go? Uh, you gonna go blow it dive bomb next year at Squad Fest? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I definitely want to. Um, it's definitely. Something I'm going to try for. I did actually this year as well. I was in the novice division. There, there was like 23 callers in that one. Yeah, we were there. It was a hot sun bitch. Whew. I can't believe no one uh, passed out. Was... <laughs> I think I did twice. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! There was some people that passed out. I think it wasn't uh, from the heat. Though. I think Chance Bass passed out from the alcohol. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There was a there was a fella sleeping right in front of the porta potties. Uh, That's right. I forgot about that. We got our Logan Pyatt, the great Logan Pyatt from the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. He uh, he laid down there with them and struck a pose, and we got a, we got a pretty cool picture. Oh, but, speaking of them, lots of prayers for Rebels family. Rebels brother passed away. I heard that. Sad deal. Yeah, it's a bad, bad deal. Thing. But it's uh, so are you guys uh, y'all back to like full force up there in Wisconsin? Like no restrictions, no mask. What's the what's the policy on campus where you are? campus you gotta you gotta have masks uh regardless of your vaccination um uh, vaccination um but otherwise like grocery stores movie theaters and stuff like that you can go in they just have signs that says recommend getting vaccinated and stuff like that it's definitely not nothing like what it was but it's definitely not where i want it to be right yeah i saw today the uh the cdc has come out and said that these football games are not super spreader events for some for some weird reason, you can pack a hundred a hundred thousand students in a small ass stadium. They can be blowing beer breath all over one another. That's not a super spreader. But if you go to a church or a, a restaurant or a supermarket, well, those are super spreaders. So stay away. It's interesting times that we're living in, Jeff. Doesn't I, make sense. No, it, it it it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean. Let's call it what it is. It's a bad deal. It's going around and it's going to continue to go around. But you can't let 100,000 people do one thing together then complain if 15 people get together somewhere else. Yeah. So you're in the middle. So when did your season start in Wisconsin? September 1? Yep. 
And then you went and did early season goose in North Dakota. When did you do that? Uh, well, I got there August. I think it was August 11th. Scouted for three days, and then uh, then we had our opening day on the 15th. Were there a ton of people there this year, or was it uh, not as much as it was last year? Not as much as it was last year. Last year we saw seven different trucks in one area. Jeez. I think everybody last year was like, fuck, we're not getting into Canada. Let's just go to the Dakotas and hope hope for the best. I think I think that carrot being dangled like, hey, Canada's probably going to open this year. I think it. I think a lot of people skipped on their North Dakota trip. Yeah. Does uh, Canada open the same time as uh, North Dakota, or is it earlier or later? No, 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 no. it opens earlier. Canada's September 1st. Yep, September 1st it opens. So in North Dakota, what I was getting at is, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, fuck, we're just going to go to Canada in two weeks. We'll skip the early season. We'll skip skip the heat in uh, North Dakota this year and just go to Canada two weeks later. So that probably helped you guys out. How many trucks did y'all see this year? Like four. Oh, really? So about half? Half as many as you saw the year before? Yeah. So was it hot? Yeah. No fun. Mornings were cool. Mornings were cool, but uh, it, like that midday afternoon, 90 degrees. Whew. It was, it was pretty bad. You got to like clean the birds right as you get home. They're going to fucking start stinking yeah. it up if you wait yeah. too much longer or, or you could we like i like to let them sit a little bit and ripen up Oof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i like my. that goose flavor you like what i like the goose flavor Eesh. oh motherfucker that makes me want to throw up this coffee god <laughs> so when you uh <clears throat> god almighty i'm just thinking about that oh it makes me want to throw up they're already greasy <laughs> the guys that are going to canada right now We've had absolutely no fronts at all. I, I see you're wearing a flannel shirt there. Is the temperatures are y'all y'all still warm up there though for what normal for normal? Uh, we're kind of we're on average. Um, the just two days ago, I think it was 38 degrees. Man, so, must, must be nice. I looked at the weather a minute ago for Minot, North Dakota, for Carrot River, Cal- Canada, right now where we used to hunt at up there. Their 10 day forecast. 66 degrees is the high 10 days from now. It's going to be 84 tomorrow up there. Wow. That's almost an Arctic circle. Jeez. But, I mean, in a way, that's kind of good for you guys up north because your birds aren't leaving. Right. So you're going to get an extended uh, extended hunting season where a lot of times they start shipping out. If it stays warm like this, then, you know, your birds are just going to be right right there waiting for you guys to pound on them. Right. I. Yeah, we've had a we've had a couple good north winds and good pushes. Um, two weeks ago, we had three days where it was north winds consecutively, and two of them were a cloudy night and a cloudy day. I saw like thirty flocks of migrators. Really? Once, all my, my Nick Johnson and uh, Tim Steele and um, a couple other buddies they they all hunted in different areas and they saw a bunch of migrators pushing down we've we've actually got quite a bit of uh, new birds fresh birds since uh september 1st now do you hunt the molt migrators like everybody else up there does i try to i just got into it last year normally i just trafficked or hunted x's but then when i last year when i broke down when me and my buddies broke down first uh first flock of migrators that was something special that was super cool and they're like 400 yards up in the air and they just start maple leafing down that's that's fun I can't remember who it was. I think. Oh, I think it was uh, Jordan. I, I can't even remember how to pronounce. It. Is it Kyle? Kyle or Kiel? Yeah. Kyle. He posted a video, I guess, yesterday, of doing the same thing. Molt migrators way up high, little specks in the air, and just fucking wails on them on the goose call. And then you just slowly, they slowly start to break down, and then it looks fun. 
I envy you guys. It is. And it's like one of the only times you can really like, I mean, not, I guess not one of the only times, but it's when you really, when you really wail on him, like in a competition that you do, you can really start to do all that fun stuff, the fast stuff and the note and the spit notes, quick spits and stuff like that, like super fast. So that's super fun, super fun silent hunting. There, there's got to be somewhere right now, somewhere in our, in these flyways, it's got to have some problems with this weather though. What do you mean? Cause there's absolutely no weather at all. There's somewhere either in Canada, someplace they're waiting for birds to come from further north, or somewhere in the Dakotas or somewhere they're they're stale because we have had no winter at all, none. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's talk. We're talking even even in the Dakotas, Minot right now. They're 89 degrees today, 93 tomorrow, and they're 71 in 10 days still. With right. no, they're not even in the 30s. Well, all that stuff's quite a bit further west from you. Like, right. how far is North Dakota from you right now? It's a, it's three or four hours. Three or four hours, five hours. I mean, it's. But I'm just saying, there's there's we haven't we we're due for a big front, right? Somebody somewhere's got to be sitting, waiting, needing to push a birds. Because normally by now you've had some cold weather. Y'all have had snow before by now, haven't y'all? Some years. Oh yeah, it, but I mean it's it's hit or miss. Like last year, we never had a snow stick until December 25th, till like Christmas. But you us- have- but you usually have some cold weather by now. Uh yeah yeah we've I've seen it where it's 50 degrees right now and it stays that way but I've also seen it where last year we didn't have snow until we didn't have snow sticking until December and like middle of December it's it's kind of all around right now and it's kind of weird. What one of my favorite guests that we've had on here and I can't remember his name I'm horrible with names because oh. we talked to so many people. He's a good good guest good was good a, favorite you was got? a gentleman from that hunted the Mississippi River up there in the boats and they stayed all night on the boats. Have you ever done that kind of hunting up there? Yeah, yeah. I sleep in my <laughs> fields. Uh, back when I in high school when I hunted the river primarily, that's I've done that a couple times. Camped out on the bank. Do you like doing that or you don't do that anymore? I wouldn't do it in a boat. No, I'd sleep in my truck because you can be heated. But in a boat, you gotta like just deal with the temperatures, and that sucks. So are you just doing it just because you got to keep somebody else from hunting the spot you want to hunt? Pretty much. Yep. That'd be awesome, though. <laughs> I think right. it would be so cool to do that one time. Go do it here. We got boats. There ain't no we got cold weather. There ain't no fucking reason to. Well, it's not the you, Mississippi. You could do it. That's not the Mississippi River. I think that it's would be the Brazos awesome. River. Yeah, well, ankle deep water is not sound like much fun. Well, neither so, neither does fucking sleeping out on the Mississippi. Apparently, how, how'd you get into waterfowl hunting? Um, I've been hunting ever since I was a kid. Like, my dad took me out trapping back when I lived in Ohio all the time. Um, shot my first deer when I was six. Uh, but when I got into waterfowl hunting, I was actually. I think I was in eighth grade and I was riding on the school bus and I happened to look out the window of the school bus driving after I got picked up and I saw about two to three hundred ducks piling into my neighbor's farm pond. I was like, ooh, I want to do that. And that next week, that coming weekend was youth duck opener. So when I got home, I drove my little 100cc dirt bike over to the neighbor's uh, farm and I asked, hey, can I hunt your back pond? Uh, I saw some ducks going in there and they said, yeah, go ahead. And uh, drove drove my dirt bike with a couple of my dad's old decoys and my little shotgun and um, used a phone light as my light. And I drove over there and I dumped the whole box of shells just to shoot six ducks when I was <laughs> like 13, 14, or I think I was 15 maybe. I didn't have my driver's license for sure, but 
um, yeah, and ever since then, I mean, two, three hundred mallards and one duck's just piling into this into this little tiny farm pond. And ever since then, I was hooked. What kind of ducks were they? Do you remember? Yeah, I shot a I shot a few mallards and then a couple wood ducks. Good way to start. Yeah, no shit, right? Mm-hmm. Fast paced morning if you shot a whole box of shells at six for six ducks. Well, and my my batting average back then was <laughs> not good. <laughs> my batting shit, average still isn't something. good. That's the, you know the national average is one for five shells, so you were ahead. You were above the average when you were just starting. That's crazy. Oh, there's a lot of I, shitty shots in the world. Right here is one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. how'd you get in? So, so then you jumped in. When did you start getting into competition calling? Um, so I started. I learned how to duck call and stuff like that, and then um, I started goose field hunting, and I picked up a goose call and I just slowly started to learn a little bit off of YouTube and uh, some DVDs like um, and then and then I I saw I think it was Hunter Grounds' world champion video on YouTube the 2007 I believe it was yep uh, greatest routine ever period yep. period stop and, <laughs> and I watched that and I was like oh man I want to call like that and so I just started grinding real hard by myself and then I did that for like a couple years and then I reached out my my one buddy Eric knows Tim Steele and they hunted together once and then I reached out to Tim and I was like hey do you mind like trying to help me I want to try to I want to try to learn uh all the different notes of goose calling and maybe one day competition call and he's like yeah sure come over so I drove an hour and a half to his house on the other side of the cities and uh started meeting up with him and he gave me like a little sequence to practice and i just grinded real hard for about a year and a half and then that's where i am today so so you you've only been comp- practicing for competition calling a year and a half and now you've already got a uh, a win under your belt is the timeline right on that pretty much yeah wow that's crazy yeah that's- i uh <laughs> my my girlfriend gets kind of mad at me because I'm blowing my call 24-7 in the truck, at home, whenever I can. My parents get mad at me. They shut up. That's what they tell me. <laughs> you got to find a field somewhere and just go out there and rip on it. Oh, yeah. They'll kick your ass out of the house if you're not if you're not careful. Every right. every place up there has a basement. What do you do? I like go to the basement and just, and just rip on it? No, my we don't we don't have a basement we got a, a big pole shed that i go in it's it's built like a man cave that's kind of like where i stayed get right. away from my parents and uh <laughs> and uh I, I practice out there a lot but mom and dad are always coming through uh doing their shit out there they got a little hobby farm so they are always in it yeah they got um so on average i mean are you you're practicing every day how many hours a day are you practicing at this on the low end half hour hour on the high end, what about on the high end? A couple days I've reached probably four. Whew. Your and mouth has day. just got to be like fucking numb by the end of that. Yeah, yeah, because then, and then, you know, the more you practice, uh, the sloppier you get. So yep. then you got to, you just got to, you just got to stop and take a break sometimes. But I think one day I did 21 routines in one day. Jeez. <laughs> Now are you are you uh, recording yourself as you're doing these uh, this this practicing or are you just basing it off memory? No, I, I record myself just to kind of like listen to my routine after the fact and make sure I hit everything that I want to. Um, I don't keep them all. I just I delete them right after I record. I listen to them. So 
Um, but yeah, I, I record myself. Try to make sure I'm at that 130, 135 time mark, or maybe one. I need to I need to up it to 140 because I'm usually never seeing the light at the end. Like I'm like going 115. Oh really? Long. Yeah, I'm just I'm so I've never I don't know why people do drugs. I have no <laughs> idea. The first time I was up on stage, I blacked out. Like it was just such a rush. It was crazy. I get super nervous. Um, <laughs> so do I don't know why people do drugs. So were you note by note or are you segment by segment? Um, I, I try to be note by note. Um, I kind of have a couple where it's segment orientated, where it's like kind of fast. And I'm, I don't know, I kind of just know that I'm going to do a double cluck, moan, cluck, something for variety in that. And I'll do a segment, but most of the time I'm note for note. Right. See, there's drawbacks and then there's perks to everything. Like if you're segment by segment, if you don't hit it perfectly, you can, you know, you're just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm in the comeback segment, so I can just do some of that shit. But if you're note by note and you've got it dialed in, it doesn't matter what happens. You know right where you are and you know what's coming next. So, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. What, you know, hell, you've already got a win under your belt, so you're doing something right. Yeah, I got a long road to go, though. I have a lot of stuff that I got to work on. So what do you think about okay? So you know Trevor Shanahan? I do. He said, well, I don't know. "I've never met him." Personally. You know of him? Well, it's a treasure to know him in person. Yeah. Um, he says he doesn't practice for these contests. What do you, What do you think? Well, I mean, when I guess I don't know. Tim Steele, like he didn't practice for like, I mean, a year when I met him, and he can just rip. I mean, yeah, your lung capacity might go down, whatever, but I don't know. When you're Trevor Shanahan and you've won worlds and you've done the time and you've practiced that that amount, I mean, it's kind of it's it's kind of it's like riding riding a bicycle. Muscle memory. I guess. Muscle memory. Right. Um, I guess the only thing maybe that I would say that you he would might come down on would be the fact of like power. I, I don't know. He's every time I, I had dive bomb, he was phenomenal. He was super toned, super powerful. So I don't know. What's yeah. What's funny is his. Uh, he did not take. Absolutely reminded me of Joe Namath. Must have been like when he's playing pro football. <laughs> Leave the bar at five <laughs> o'clock in the fucking morning. Be on the fucking football field at noon. Slept three hours and is on point. The fucker was just boom right there. And when he sat and talked with us. The 16 hours that we talked to him over the couple of days there. I talked to him for 45 minutes last night. Did you? He fucking FaceTimed me but the second he, half of the game. But he is not uh, – he is fucking damn good at what he does, but he does not take it serious at all. He just kind of nice goes song. with it. That's got to, like, piss, piss guys. If I was in the competition calling con- contest scene and I'm, pr- and I'm busting my balls for an hour and a half a day and then this motherfucker with long hair, Jesus-looking guy just strolls in – He's got about 30 minutes of practice time in the last year, and then he puts up a second-place finish at Dive Bomb. That would piss me off. Does that piss you, does that piss you off? Not really, just because, like, he, you know, to get to that point, he's probably put in the time. And then also the fact, like, you kind of got to worry about you. I mean, in the fact, like, I don't try to, like, you know, when I, when I as at Dive Bomb, I lost. I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. And right. that's why I lost. That's why I didn't win. So I always try to focus on me and not worry about what other people are doing. Because once you start doing that, then you start being that guy and stuff like that. That's just the way I look at it. I just try to worry about what I'm doing and make sure I win next time. That's a very good attitude to have. Just worry about yourself. 
just make sure that you've got you know, you know that you've done the time, you know that you've done the practice, and then you're ready to go when it's when your number's called. Put your best routine out there, and don't fucking worry about anybody else. Because you can't control anybody else. You can't control what the judges hear. All you can control is is the effort that you put forward. So that's a very healthy attitude to have. But you see a lot of guys. Number one, I think a lot of guys think Trevor's full of shit. That he he is pra- he is a he is a closet practicer. If I don't it, think so, I don't think I personally don't think so. Just because I, he, why would he lie? Right. But I think a lot of guys are like, yeah, he's full of shit. He practices all the time. But it is what it is. But doesn't he doesn't he make his own calls? Yes. So doesn't he tune them and stuff? I, I don't Who know. Who knows? I think they just come out sounding good. <laughs> With knowing Trevor, is it probably yeah, he just he just shits out so a call. So maybe that's where he's getting his practice in. It could be. Those. Right? Yeah, it could be like just, you know, like this it just it does just enough tune and calls just to keep his lung capacity kinda of where it needs to be and then he can take two weeks before a contest and it's kind of where he needs to be. I know you don't watch football, but, you know, like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers took all preseason off. He's in Hawaii. He's banging that. Uh, he looks sh- shitty the first game. But. Now he does. Now he looks like now he's he looks fucking like a, December. Now he looks like Aaron fucking Rodgers again. It took him a week. I just want to give an old shout out to my good friend, John Manny Manuel. So really sorry to hear about the Niners last night, big boy. There you go. I said it now. And Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. And Tampa. Well, he had a bad day, didn't he? He did. He did. So, did you wrestle in high school? You said before we started, you said you were a wrestler. Did you do it in high school or did you do it a little bit in college? No, I didn't do any in college. I didn't play any sports in college. Um, I did it in middle school and then I did it freshman, sophomore, and junior year. I didn't do it senior year, but I didn't even wrestle really uh, those years because I had a freaking skin disease every year. So, what, um, like, like staff? Like ringworm on both my legs my freshman year. Then my sophomore year, I had a fungal infection on the side of my head, and it made the hair fall. The they called me Mange Boy in high school because the hair. I was fixing to get on to Andy for bringing this shit up because he always brings out. Someone says they got a condition, and Andy, oh, like what? Well, no. <laughs> so now that staff now is that a you, very. I understand that, but now that he's embellished on this, it's okay for you to be an asshole now. So go ahead. Staff is very prominent on wrestling mats and i didn't know if that was the skin disease that you had his friends called him mange boy yeah, it's not very nice <laughs> that is fucking awesome is what that is i'm telling you right now <laughs> i'm an asshole that would have said something like that to you let me tell Always. you hey i want to tell you a story i know you don't know much about us but <clears throat> we andy this weekend we have a young we have a person that works for us that has this is going to be rough. It's, it's been uh, using some favors to, to lower their rent prices, if you know what I'm talking about here. And one person told us about it. Andy asked this lady in front of everybody about it. Can you imagine asking that? So I heard you're swapping out your rent. Listen to me. <laughs> That's what he asked in hold front of everybody. Hold on. Hold on. And I turned around and walked out the deal. I was so embarrassed. Andy comes in 15 minutes later in the office. Now, Jeff. You know, we shouldn't really dwell in the past around here. We shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't. Shit happens. Shit happens. Why are we going to bring up the past? Listen to me. You did when you said that. Okay, is it my turn yet? Can Go I ahead. can Go I ahead. explain yes. myself? Yes. Okay. So, when we got this piece of information, the, the when we got this information, they did not act like it was a big secret. They told five or six people. We were all sitting around the dinner table. They said it. 
So, like, I don't know that it's a big fucking secret if you're just going to tell everybody that's within earshot. So I don't, I don't think anything of it. So when I see this person, I thought, number one, I half-ass thought it was bullshit. I thought that this person was just like, you know, just talking shit. When you saw the look on her face, did you know it was real? When I saw the look, I was like, ooh, okay. Maybe this has some, maybe this has some teeth to the rumor. I don't know. And then, you know, it just got worse. But, um... Like I said, this is like this is like seventy thirty on the person that told us because like you know you sh- you shouldn't say that if you don't want it getting back. So you're taking thirty percent of the blame for this at max. It might just be like twenty percent. <laughs> this is not my fault, Jeff. This is not my fault at all. This is Andy's deal, though. He always does shit like this. Telephone, telegraph, tell Andy so because you, everybody's gonna know. Did you get a skin disease your junior year also, or just your? What was no, it? Infantigo. Infantigo. I had that when I was a kid one time. What is it? It's just a skin. It's like a just a. It's, it's, it's really bad when you get it internal. If it's on top of your skin, it's not too bad. It's I mean it's bad, but it's you got to get rid of it. But then once it gets internal, that's when it starts to spread. And that we actually had a kid almost die from it. Um, it got to his lymphatic system. It's, it's a fungal really, infection, isn't it? I I can't remember if it's fungal or viral. I I can't remember. Is it painful? Mm, just like a fucking real shitty, like, just achy flu. Like, just puts you down. All the time. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Now, did you get these diseases from the wrestling mat, or you just somehow came in contact with it? No, it was, it was most likely from wrestling. I showered every day. I I even bought cream that you use. It's like an antifungal, antibacterial, and you rub it on yourself before you go to practice. It right. makes you slip. So it's kind of nice. Then people can't grab a hold of you real well. But uh, it, it's supposed to kill everything that touches you, and I still got shit. So I'm just – I get sick real bad, real easy. I did not – see, I didn't know this about wrestling. So not only do I need to look out for that motherfucker that's got the cauliflower ears, there's a good chance that some bitch is going to give me some kind of fucking infantigo and shit if he's fucking whipping my ass too. He's carrying something. There's, there's a standard uh, like uh, bacteria that lives on humans on top of your skin. And it's pretty, it's pretty nasty stuff if you uh, get it inside of a cut or something. Yeah, I mean, you've got like the mats have to be bleached ever so often. Like wrestling mats are fucking gross. So are, like jujitsu mats, I mean, all it is is just human fluid, basically, of some sort. Sweat, blood, hopefully not much semen, but you know, like <laughs> um, this is shit from today's world, though. This is two thousand shit. <clears throat> We had the same fucking mats at Wichita Falls High School from the 1950s till the 1990s. No, and staff, the fucking, staff's and nobody been ever. No, I'm, I'm just saying nobody got fucking sick and shit. This is no, all new shit. Yes, I, I will disagree with you wholeheartedly. There's so many wrestlers from back in the day that fucking battled staff infection and just nasty shit. This is not new, Jeff. You hear about it more today than you did back then. Well, though. you hear about everything more today. But, yeah, if you're at a place where there's a lot of semen on the mat, if you put the blue light and there's semen, like, I'd find a different dojo. Yeah, that's not. That's not. not, That's not the place that you want the guy to, like, have you in a rear mount. Oh, he's got a boner. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had wrestling here, though. We didn't have wrestling in high school here. I like that that sport. It teaches you a lot as a kid. So you're blowing a grounds call? No, a mole gear. You're blowing a mole gear call. Is that a grounds hat you're wearing, though? What is it? No. It's beers, bros, and balls. Oh, it looks like a grounds goose. That's why I thought it was. 
That kind of does. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. See, Jeff watches it on the big screen, and then, like, I look at you here. So, like, he sees shit that I don't uh, that I don't see until I look up. Are you at your apartment or are you at your parents' house? That's a back- I, just, I just picked one of those. That's a background. As Skype does. Yeah. I don't know how to change it. Oh, I didn't know they did that and shit. Like, you got all them flowers and shit behind you and stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm not a kid, kid's, in, kid's into um, plants and stuff. Yeah, no cool. shit. So, are you going out this? Uh, have you got a spot scouted out for this weekend? Uh, no. I I usually don't like to scout unless it's like, like, maximum far out uh, three days, mm-hmm. and then I start watching them. You know, two days before and then the day before and then kind of thing. I'm not going out Saturday. I got a race. I got to watch. Uh, my girlfriend's running a, a marathon or not a marathon, a track meet in the cities, and then Sunday we're going out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What does she run? Uh, she's. I think right now it's a cross-country race, so it's going to be like a 6K or a 5K. And you're going to go watch this? Yeah. Jeff. So you're going there for support is what you're telling us. Correct. Because there can't be very much fucking excitement watching a fucking marathon type race. Right, yes. Yeah, okay. You watch, like, you watch, like, you get to see him, like, three times through the whole race. <laughs> like 15 seconds. So you do not want to be missed that spot when she comes by and you're like getting a beer with your buddies and you miss her. That's correct. Yeah, or I'll be in trouble. How long you been dating this young lady? Uh, I've been dating her, I think. Oh, oh I think. Oh, you've done fucked up already. She won't listen to this. She you're wouldn't good. know either. She's she's pretty cool like that. She wouldn't know either. It's like two and a half years. I think I've been with oh, her. Oh, so we're talking. This could be a wife type deal, even. Oh, absolutely. She comes on with me all the time. She. Uh, oh, she that's, actually, that's not good. She sets. She sets spreads and stuff like that for us. Man, you got to have a hobby that you're not involved with your wife. For all the women that hunters, and we've got a lot of women listeners, I don't mean nothing derogatory because I'm sure there's some shit they'd like to do with that their husband. And that makes plenty of sense. But you got to have separate ways that you go and do shit. Am I right, Andy? Well, here's the deal. You're going to have kids probably eventually. And if she likes going hunting and you've got a couple rugrats, then it becomes like, well, listen... I stayed at home while you went hunting last weekend, so this weekend I'm going to go hunting with my girlfriends, and we're going to set spreads and all this other stuff. So the lines get a little bit blurry. But listen, my wife, when we didn't have kids, she hunted with me. She went twice a year maybe. Maybe once a year. She didn't like it, though. She She went just for you. She went just for me. Um, But, you know, some boundaries are nice. But listen, y'all are young. Y'all will figure that shit out. Like, just go hunting with each other. Share some memories. And then, like, you can, you know, you can do the, uh, whenever you do propose to her, like, you can put, like, the, the, the ring on a, on a goose leg and, like, dog can bring it back and then, you know, you can pop the question that way. You're good I, to go. I know, I know a lot of friends of mine that have been in that situation and then after they've been married for 10 years, like, fuck, I can't go nowhere without my wife. Ah. <laughs> you took her golfing every time you went golfing, you took her out with the guys every time and then you take her hunting and then all of a sudden you don't want her to go with you no more. That's kind of hard to tell them. You've got this. Yeah. You've got this. You, you seem like a man that you know controls his woman you're good to go um so is she do she does this in college she's a, a, a track team in college she was she just graduated um so, so she's doing she's this for fun unattached now yep um she's now assistant coaching the college um but now she runs unattached at like uh public events and stuff like that right so you've married a woman that has a college degree and a job I'm fucking jealous right there, buddy. My wife's got two college degrees, and she works out here, and she's going to listen to this, and we, we need her out here. She's a huge asset, but 
Can you imagine yeah. your wife bringing in about two hundred thousand a year? And oh, that would be nice. <laughs> I'm hopefully going to be a stay-at-home dad. That's what <laughs> if my wife made two hundred grand a year, I would well be sitting right here doing this. But I would have never got to this point. I would have retired a long time ago. Right. So possibly you're going to hunt Sunday. So you'll start scouting late week Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe start getting some ideas. Now, um, are they are they pretty much using the same field over and over again? Like, do you do you already? It's Monday now. So do you already have kind of an idea of a plan for possibly next weekend yeah yeah i uh i know about like what each city kind of has right now right um if we get some north winds and some cloud cover it could change you know uh, they could migrate out of one city and come in hard on the on the other city but i i generally kind of have an idea of where what feeds are i know where the feeds that no one is allowed to hunt that you could possibly traffic um, there's a couple fields that no one's allowed to hunt just because of the owners, um, and they're just gonna. It's gonna keep growing. The one field is a is a wheat field, and it's just gonna keep growing. He left the round bales out there, and it's gonna keep growing. Why does he not want people to hunt? That and, and that's everywhere. But what is the reason? Just anti-hunter or? No, he uh, he has bulls in the fence. Like it's a thin field, but real long. And the bulls are right up next to it, and he doesn't want the bulls to spook. But he also has a spring on his property on the other side of the property. And uh, he has, like, eight or, yeah, he's got four four breeding pairs that come back and breed around his pond. And he just likes a safe spot. And I like it. I there's It's not a big, big deal to me because you need those spots. In your, I you agree. Need, you need places where people don't hunt or can't hunt because – if you have people blowing, because you're going to, everywhere you go, in my personal opinion, you're going to have people that hunt the roost yep. and blow the birds out, and then they're going to migrate, and then you can't hunt them again in the fields or even on a loaf. But I, I personally, uh, I like having places that, that you're not allowed to hunt because it gives the birds a safe spot. We, we, we need that all over. The whole, the whole country needs areas just like you're talking about, places that nobody can hunt. And I, I'm, I, I'm, I agree 100%, don't you, Andy? Well, and I think that's the reason. <coughs> Excuse me. That's the reason why I think ducks are. I think that's why they turn nocturnal, is because of the fact that it does not matter where they set their ass, whether it be on a river or a food source, doesn't matter. They're getting shot at, and they they. It does not take them long to realize the only time that I'm truly safe is at night. So having a safe place, having a spot where a duck or a goose can land and not get shot at. I think it keeps them fresh longer, and I think it keep, kind of keeps their uh, keeps them from going nocturnal, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I want to get into conservation and uh, build some ponds and stuff, and make them like roosts, like yeah. five acre pond. Uh, I want to try to tie in power to it. It's expensive. It's an expensive. It's a goal for way down the road, but I want to get into that and make roosts around the area. And then I know that birds are always going to have a spot to roost, especially when it freezes. Now you're going to be what well, you're going to be working at a nuclear plant, right? So you could you could like could you make some of this shit nuclear? No, no, can't do security. it. No, the security in that is is pretty high. You can't. There's you, people try to fish next to it, and they get they have boats that go out there and say you got to get away from here. Mm. No. That the lake that's at uh, Rochester, the Mayo, it is it's it's not a hot water lake anymore, is it? No, they shut that plant down. I, I, from my knowledge, I could be. I'm 
pretty sure I'm right, but I'm, I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure they shut it down. So that had to displace what forty or fifty thousand big geese. Ain't that how many big geese used to stay there? Only if it freezes. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think Scott Trining said that that was like an average. What it was was like forty to eighty. So on a normal winter, those birds have to go somewhere else now, right? No, because I think the lake doesn't freeze over. It's a giant deep lake. I don't think it freezes until after season. Oh, okay. Or end of season. But definitely um, it reduced the numbers just in the fact that the water is a little colder. They can't, you know, and it does freeze a little bit around the edges, but there's still open water. Just not, it's not as visible either. Right. I don't know. Well, man, we're going to get off of here. We've got, uh, we've got to get. I've got a COVID test I got to take. Andy's fixing going vacation, so he's traveling. Get his nose I got swap. Have you have you done the COVID test yet? Yeah, twice. Is it bad? I it makes me like my eyes water, and they shove it all the way up. In oh here. fuck! What they're gonna, I, pop, they're gonna pop my brain. I had that fucker done in Mexico just a month ago. And them fuckers didn't do nothing but just go around the little edge of my... They didn't even go in a, a half inch Well, in they don't nose. want a positive That's test because exactly they got to right. keep, keep you for two extra fucking weeks. So I've yeah, got to go pray to God that they're not going to, like, pop an eyeball. It's like that long. Oh, fuck me. I'm going to video it because they're doing it in the car, so I'm going to laugh my ass off the whole time. I hope not. Um, contest calling, they're, they're pretty much all over with, aren't they, the contest season? Is there one more, maybe? I think there's Salt Lake, and that is January, February, and then there could be one or two more, but I'm pretty sure most of the bigger ones are done. They usually happen during the summer. Are you going to go to Salt Lake? I'm going to try to. There you go. For sure. You got I'm plenty? I'm going to try to head everyone I possibly can. Yeah. Um, you got plenty of time to practice for it, so you should be a polished machine <laughs> by, the time that, uh, by the time that contest rolls around. Hopefully. Well, good luck to you on uh, hopefully you get out Sunday. You get all the birds that you're looking for and uh, keep practicing, my man. And uh, good luck if you end up making it to, to Salt Lake. Thank you. I appreciate you. You bet. Hey, thank you, bud. God bless you. Uh, have a great day. You See guys you, as well. Thank Bye. you. Chance Wadsworth, Wisconsin. And we didn't talk Packer football much. That was really cool. He doesn't watch uh, doesn't watch football. Hard to talk to a guy that doesn't watch. Uh, hard to talk football when they don't watch football. What a game last night! Phew. What an absolute game last night with some terrible calls. There were some PIs that I did not agree Ooh. with on both sides of the ball. The officiating in the NFL has been bad all the time. Um, you know, in football and high school football, they're having trouble getting refs in Texas. I don't doubt it. Um, That's extra money too. I don't understand that. That and being a volleyball judge and all that shit makes a lot of extra money i'm trying to think there was a call against the niners and a call against the packers that i thought well the Devonte adams non-call hit him in the head was pretty damn obvious that was one that probably should have been called i didn't see the call before the halftime that the coach was raising hell about said you gave him seven points i don't know what it was so i, I don't even see and i i put uh i had to put reese to bed like i, I thought it was like fourth or fourth down or something I don't know what happened. And I thought they were about to kick a field goal, so I was like, hell, they're going to kick a field goal. Roger's going to knee on it, and it's going to be halftime. I put Reese to bed, came back, and it was still in the second quarter. I thought, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that had something happened, and my mom was talking about it, and I wasn't paying attention. I was doing some emails and shit. And so. I don't know. It was uh, just like Brady. You cannot leave time on the clock. No, and I was trying to write 
a part a Cletus Nolly story for Split Read, and I was working on that, and fucking I looked up, and I had written half a paragraph the whole second half. Yeah, it's a good game. It was. Green Bay is a lot better football team than I thought they were, especially after week one. I thought they were going to be absolutely horrible. Mm. And the Saints are not a bad football team. Green Bay's line, if they don't get Bakhtiari back soon, that's going to be their weak spot. And college football-wise, Arkansas's damn good. Yeah, they might they be have a real deal. really good football team. They might probably going to have trouble with Alabama, but other than that, Arkansas is a legit top-five football team in this country, I think. I hate to tell you that because Asher Tolliver, but <laughs> Arkansas. All right, well, we appreciate everybody listening. Thank y'all. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Go check out all of our great sponsors. And uh, also, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Check out Bangtail Whiskey, Eyesight Drones, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Goose Creek Retrievers, Gundog Outdoors, uh, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast. Our prayers are with you, Rebel. Uh, Lucky Duck, Dirty Duck Coffee, Boss Shot Shells, Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls, and Shin Gear Waiters.